Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market, and we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Stephen Hill, the Director of Demand and Digital Operations at JLL, chats with us about a variety of channels that can be used for marketing and how data is more critical than ever these days. Give it a listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your always happy host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships here at Starista and still interim general manager of our B2B division. Rocking it out, still interim. We'll get the general manager someday, people. That's okay, I'm still gonna work hard. Let's talk about Starista for just a a moment, that's all. We we don't accept advertising on this podcast, but just Starista. We're a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, business-to-consumer data. We help companies access that data to help them get new customers. Who couldn't use new customers? We have our own email sending platform, our own DSP, do display, connect the TV, email me at vincent at starista.com. That is how confident I am. I just gave all of you my email and boy, are you using it? Not always for the reason I intend, but you're listening. That's all that matters. You tell me how much you like the podcast. You ask me to be on the podcast. We just don't let anyone on this thing. So be patient and thank you for listening i am so happy also ladies and gentlemen because this my co-host this gentleman will be here in person tomorrow in new york city ladies and gentlemen he has a haircut because he knows i would give him some crap for not having a haircut ladies and gentlemen my co-host mr aj gupta what's going on aj Hey, Vincent. Yeah, actually dread coming to New York City because I have to go to the barber. You know, it only happens every few months, sometimes three months. So, you know. yeah, as opposed to every 10 days like me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's I think it used to be every seven days for you, right? Like I used to. Yeah, I grew up a little bit and I was like, all right, I, this is ridiculous. I can't go every seven days, children and family <laughs> and all that stuff. But yeah, every every 10 days. But New York City. It's a quick trip. You're coming in. We're uh, we're hanging some uh, hanging with some clients, some friends. You're going to a cool event in the Hamptons. First time in the Hamptons. I, I really didn't realize how difficult it is to uh, get to the Hamptons. I think I that's when I realized. All right, if I have to go to Hamptons, I need my own private jet or something. Yeah, which which most people who go there, they're either flying on their jet or their helicopter. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's a crazy area. Living in New York City here, you know, a lot of people in my neighborhood, they're just like, oh, they have a house in the Hamptons. They call it out east. I'm like, come on, it's the Hamptons out east. What are you talking about, Asia? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, you know, but oh, it'll be it'll be fun. So you, you a short trip, but it'll still be memorable. We'll have some fun. Yeah, I think it's the because uh, because I obviously went to college in upstate New York, so I think I have been to literally every part of New York, but the Hamptons. So this will be something yeah. new and unique. 
Yeah, you, you might you might like it. And then that could be trouble. And then you're, you know, there's a house out there. That's okay. I'll come visit. That'll be uh, that'll be good. But yes, we're gonna have some fun. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, to because you're always interested in what AJ and I are adventures that that's what you tell me at these conferences when you come and see me. So we'll report back on the event. I will not be there. But where we have well covered with our Starista Long Island team, so we are good. Speaking of look forward to uh, seeing you tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow it's uh, the day. We're going to rock it out, have some good time. Some New York City rooftops are always great this time of year. Also, what's great this time of year, this every time of year, ladies and gentlemen, is our next guest. This is I'm so excited for you to hear about this organization, JLL. Yep, that's right. JLL, you might have heard of it. If not, you can hear more of it. We're so happy to have this guest, the Director of Demand and Digital Operations, Stephen Hill. What's going on, Stephen? Not much, Vincent. Thanks for having me, Vincent and AJ. It's great to have you, Stephen. I, it's recently that we talked and we're making this happen. I love it. This is, uh, I like when things work out that way. What I don't sometimes it's like, oh, I'll meet someone and then four months later we have them on the podcast and then four years later I meet them in person. So let's, you know, we got you on here quick because I love your story. Let's hope that it's not four years that we meet in person. Right on, right on. Well, and I grew up outside of New York, so love it there. And I and I just cut my hair this morning before this. <laughs> I, I had long, beautiful, flowing hair, and then I just cut it all off. But now I, I, I cut every week for me. Yeah, uh, I do it myself, so it's very quick. But uh, but no, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I've been with JLL for five years. Uh, it's, it's Jones Lang LaSalle. Um, you know, it's a large international corporate real estate services firm, uh, you know, just just shy of 200 on the, the Fortune 500 list. But we provide, you know, a full range of corporate real estate services from all kinds of leasing transactions, asset transactions to full range of services, whether that's debt advisory, valuation advisory for investors, or all kinds of, you know, facilities management, portfolio optimization, consulting services for occupiers and investors altogether. Absolutely. And, you know, me living in New York City, I see the JLL name all over the place, which which is great if, uh, and you know, a lot of people, you see JLL, you're like, all right, we're in good hands. This, uh, you know, this building's gonna be just fine. So I love that, you know, and finally we're like, oh, we have to get someone on from JLL because I constantly see them. So Steven, talk to us about your role within the organization. You're doing a few different things there. You know, there, there's a lot in that title. It's a great title, a lot in there. So talk to us about what you're doing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I'm you know, thrilled to be at JLL. Really proud of the company, and yeah, my role is basically running digital marketing for the Americas region. Um, you know, we we definitely do most of our business here, so it's we, we cover a lot of bases. Digital marketing, as you're very aware, is is super dynamic. Uh, there's so many different uh, functions and aspects that come to bear in this space which keeps it very interesting, really exciting. You know, it's that great uh, kind of, we love to say 
where the poetry and the plumbing come together. Um, telling great stories, but making sure we activate that across all of our digital channels and that we're able to identify, you know, actionable intelligence, as I like to say for our salespeople. Because if we aren't making our sales folks more money and less time, then we're doing something wrong in marketing. Um, and but yeah, with digital marketing, you know, full funnel, integrated marketing across all channels with a key eye on generating demand and making sure yeah, we're delivering that value across the aisle over to sales. Love it. And Stephen, talk to us about how you got into marketing. This is one of our guests uh, and our listeners favorite question. Sure. You know, and I've got quite the uh, quite the journey. I've done a lot of different things, but the first job I ever had was one I created for myself in uh, uh, summer uh, during college, uh, window washing service. And it was the, the time I got my hands on my first marketing list and did a mail merge using uh, Microsoft Word and Excel and printed up the labels and mailed out my mailers and uh, completely booked up my summer with one distribution of that uh, direct mail list. So that's really when I started officially in marketing, but I've done a lot of different things. I worked in in uh, the restaurant business for a good 10 years and did a ton of marketing there. So we're talking, we're going back a good 20 plus years now in early 2000s, building websites from scratch, uh, doing first Google ad, uh, you know, and do doing paid search back then, but also doing, you know, classic email, uh, you know, really direct mail and, and we'd print up our own postcards on our printer and get those out. Um, over the years, I kind of moved into sales and spent a, a number of years in sales, particularly at CDW, um, selling technology into healthcare, then officially moved into marketing at CDW about four years in there, spent seven years uh, really working my way up from a program manager, delivering lead programs to sales teams to basically running leads, running marketing automation at CDW. And then uh, got recruited into JLL, saw a great opportunity to build a really the demand gen function from scratch um, and have had a wonderful uh, run here of just building the team really from scratch here at JLL to really do full, you know, spectrum, full funnel, integrated digital marketing that can identify actionable sales opportunities. You talk to us a little bit about what are some of the channels and strategies you're using currently for marketing JLO. We we you know do a full mix. So you know while we are heavy with uh, you know using Eloqua marketing automation, do a ton of email. We've got you know deep relationships with our existing clients and and, and those folks that we have as yeah first party data in our database. We 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 certainly love email. Um, and making sure we're ultra relevant in that space. Um, but we definitely like to go to the digital channels for identifying net new and developing awareness. So we certainly use paid search, display. We're using, you know, starting to use Google Power Max. Uh, do uh, really focus our, our paid social through LinkedIn primarily, but keeping our eyes open for new, new spaces there, a little bit of Facebook, a little bit of Instagram in that space. Um, and then um, we do a ton of virtual events. So certainly using various platforms for virtual events and getting into LinkedIn live streaming as well. Um, so yeah, really a, a full, you know, integrated digital marketing channel mix. 
And how important is the role of data in your marketing? Uh, data is the lifeblood, and I am a, a self-proclaimed data freak. I absolutely love it, the day starts and ends with the data. I've always, I'm always in it. I'm always refining it and using it uh, to really, yeah, identify. Let the data tell us kind of where to go next. Um, you know, these days, data is more critical than ever. Privacy is critical, making sure we're doing right by our the folks who, who subscribe, making sure we're ultra relevant, making sure we're getting the right message to, to the right people at the right time, obviously. None of that's possible if your data is not structured correctly. I'm a big fan of uh, what was once called the, the demand unit or, you know, a buying group with a shared need, um, but really looking at leads, not just as individual contacts, but really as a full buying group um, that has a shared need and really um, digging into the details of that group. And so we've structured our database to be able to accommodate buying group level leads. And um, it's been a huge benefit. And for complex long-term sales, like we get into a JLL, it's high value for our salespeople. So making sure the data is set up to deliver higher value intelligence to sales is everything. Data freak, I love it. I love it. That's uh, that's a great name, a great name for an episode too. But so, Stephen, talk to us about your your marketing huge in, in North America. Here, are you using like persona based? Are you using an ABM approach or both? Talk to us about that. And I'd love to understand also, is it a mix of JLL doing marketing to the people who are occupying the building? I'd love to understand a little bit more about that because there's a lot of ways that you can market. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And now I'm glad you're, you know, persona uh, based. Yes. ABM. Yes, we are. You know, we are doing some piloting within ABM using we're piloting with Sixth Sense right now, but we've also used demand base in the past and, and see high, high value with intent data, with using AI to build really great models to identify, you know, really that perfect customer. But where we see a lot of value with ABM and, and certainly the personas um, is with uh, starting with our existing um, clients, knowing their very specific needs and knowing really frankly, where's the next benefit that we could provide them and making sure we are targeting them appropriately, you know, using those types of ABM and those types of personalization tools, making sure, you know, we're having the right conversation with somebody who might be more very specifically in the operations side. But so when we're getting into personas, we've been opening up to groups like human resources, which typically has not been a member of, uh, say, a buying group for a, a corporate real estate decision. And so, um, so, but talking to them about sort of, you know, the hybrid work experience and how you can use real estate uh, for acquiring, you know, the best candidates and retaining your best people because they have such an amazing good work experience, whether that's in the office or at home or a hybrid experience across those environments. The big groups for JLL is from a persona perspective is on you know, kind of one side of the coin, you've got investors uh, who you know, buy and sell real estate assets. 
and then also need services like property management to manage leases within their building. And then on the flip side, you've got those people who are leasing spaces and they are occupiers. They might be big organizations and they might have lots of leases around the, the world and, and helping manage those leases, helping manage those facilities for those occupiers. And so it is um, two very different sides of the coin, very different um content that we will share with an investor versus an occupier. Um, and certainly very different content when you're talking to a somebody who's deep in, in the corporate real estate world versus, you know, say when we're talking, opening the door to having conversations with HR. So it is a quite a range of stories uh, and, and, and audiences uh, that we need to tell and communicate with. And yeah, even the spectrum of transactions that can go pretty quick from a sales cycle to our services that can go two, three years of a sales cycle. So yeah, lots of complexity, lots of different audiences because yeah, we sell a lot of different you know, products and full-blown services to yeah, a nice mix of, of persona groups there. Yeah, no, you definitely do. And it's, and it's like you said, it's different hats that you're putting on where it's okay. It's sure. different messaging, it's different uh, methods. And also, you know, historically commercial real estate has been really localized. It, and I would imagine COVID had changed that and has JLL recently kind of branched into the nationwide mix and, and talk to us what that's been like. No, yeah, for sure. And that's a great question because yeah, COVID's changed everything, you know, in the corporate real estate world and it certainly had a huge impact on JLL's marketing organization, how we market, who's doing what, what does that all look like? And so, yeah, ultimately real estate's always a, a local first mindset. You know, it, you, you, that building is in a particular town and there's folks in that town who understand, you know, the needs and the nature of that space. And you really got to deliver that local value. And you always really need to keep that connection, um, you know, that really true feet on the street. But like any, you know, very large organization, you need really good governance, you need really good digital marketing standards, you have to have really consistent messaging, you have to have, you know, great consistency around your brand. And so, yeah, and JLL kind of grew up as, as a lot of littles, you know, lots of different, it's the, the organization is hundreds of years old, but its current iteration is, you know, the merger of, of so many different, yeah, local businesses and other larger businesses that came together. And so, yeah, my team was really just me and a couple other people when COVID hit, but we did have a phenomenal database that we had developed that we we in in the most nice way refer to as mother the mother of our data and um and because we could manage that because we could do multi-touch email because we were very comfortable doing email social paid to promote virtual events when covid hit and people couldn't meet in person we needed to you know consolidate our message around covid make sure we're not being too salesy frankly and you know using you know such a tragic event uh not being we we weren't seeing as an opportunity we just wanted to make sure we were really consistent with our messaging and that we were basically here for our customers who had a ton of questions about how do they deal with this new environment. So multi-touch email, and we ended up doing a, a phenomenal webinar series. We did, I think, over 25 webinars in 2020. We had over 40,000 people register, over 25,000 showed up. And I think we even tracked 
almost 30,000 poll answers that people had answered during these virtual events that were incredibly insightful for us to be very direct in how we can be helpful to them. Once again, using you know, centralized, standardized, best practice digital marketing, but to be more human, to allow our salespeople to have a more relevant conversation, to get to the point with their customers and the questions and the problems they have. And so, yeah, it, COVID really uh, kind of accelerated the centralization of our national marketing efforts in the Americas. And then since then, we've really created a nice, you know, kind of another hybrid story, the balance between local and national and global, and how we balance the messaging across those, the levels of personalizations that's possible when you get down to that local level, and really managing our stakeholders' needs across kind of that broad to very specific um, geo and audience targeting that we can enable from, you know, with our, you know, best in class digital marketing capabilities. Steven, you come from a background where you worked in sales before marketing, which is uh, pretty unusual for a marketer sometimes. Uh, would love to know, you know, how, what benefits you saw from having that sales background and how it affects your view as a marketer? Um, for me, I, I think it's gold. And I, it's almost like I'd want almost everybody in marketing to be required to have spent some time either dialing for dollars or going and, and, and dealing with a thousand no's before you get to that yes. Um, you know, really understanding the needs of the customer, really knowing what it takes to develop a long-term, you know, relationship with those customers is gold. Um, I also spent a lot of time in restaurants, which is such a sales focused environment. And it's also that combination of one minute you're selling and the next minute you're operating, um, whether you're in the front or the back of the house at any given moment. And the fact that the customer is always right and making sure that that customer experience across all of the touches with your business is amazing is super, super critical. And so, you know, one of the things, you know, we always were shooting for, you know, it's just a term that it's just this seamless experience across digital and human touch points. And that bridge across marketing and sales is so, so, so critical for business success. And it's, you know, it's kind of cats and dogs, you know, it's very different worlds and they see the, the world oftentimes very different, but it's all for the same purpose. And so, so yeah, seeing you know marketing through the lens of sales has certainly benefited me, particularly from that demand gen perspective. But really, you know, demand gen runs throughout all of digital marketing these days. Everybody needs to prove that ROI associated with the, that marketing investment. And if you don't have that relationship with sales, then it oftentimes turns into a box checking exercise where you, yeah, I did what I was supposed to do. I sent them the leads. They didn't do any action. That's not my fault. I wash my hands of it. But the way I see it is, is if, you know, like I said before, if, if we don't help a salesperson make more money in less time, then they won't value the intelligence we're sharing with them. If they don't see it as actionable or, hey, you you're, don't tell me something I didn't know. Um, if we're not telling a salesperson something they didn't know, then it's a waste of their time. Or they think it's just, oh, you're just tracking my stuff so you can you know, pay me less or something like that. We really, it's about the value exchange and knowing your customer, uh, which is the salesperson from my point of view, is gold for a marketer. Um, and 
and and just keeping that sense of urgency of of the the, the way that the sales machine runs is they got to put up more dollars for every minute they spend. And if we can help them with that, and I am a true believer that the digital intelligence we're able to gather is so valuable in, in, in getting them to a better conversation, getting them deeper in with the right contacts at the right companies, once again, at the right time, um, it, it's a guaranteed opportunity to, for them to, to make more money in less time. So yeah, I'm a I'm a big proponent. It's been valuable for me, and it also just helps me speak honestly with salespeople about you know sort of the garbage I used to get from marketing when I was in sales, and what are we doing today to uh, to make sure they're getting the greatest value from from these marketing leads. Stephen, that's an awesome answer. I think as somebody who has uh, run sales and marketing before, I can completely relate to this uh, friction that's often caused because marketing feels so that. Uh, washing their hands off it and sales is unhappy that uh, they didn't get the lead quality they wanted. So there's always it's the source of all friction between marketing and sales. So great answer. Oh, yeah, we're, we're all in it together, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of related to that question there, what advice do you have for others that are looking to change their career or get into a marketing role? I think it's, yeah, that's a great question because it's so dynamic and interesting, but I think it's really, really important. What I love that we're talking about more than ever is authenticity and, you know, really being yourself and seeing where your skills um, really complement the skills of a team or, or an organization as a whole. And so, yeah, certainly me, you know, you know, coming, you know, all the, I have such a weird background with the with the, with the restaurant experience that even when I was applying for my first sales gig, they're like, what is this? You know, what, you know, and so, but I could tell the story of how the customer is so important and how we develop relationships and, and that the whole point is to move more product faster. And so that, you know, by complementing, you know, in that story to get into sales, you know, what I had learned from small business and what I learned about running a small business and the full experience of the user, it helped me get into sales. But then when I flipped over to marketing, it was just the flip side sort of argument. It's just like, okay, well, you know, I actually had some really interesting marketing experience in those very early days of digital with using a, you know Google Ad Network back when it was just really archaic and building websites from scratch back in the day, um, you know to now you know, true di modern digital marketing and mo awesome marketing automation platforms and the ability to score and all this stuff, but I could bring that experience to bear and and share the story of how it can help provide a new perspective to say, you know, a, a marketing department full of folks who are regular marketers. But I think it's really being authentic about what you provide as a person, what's special about you, what's your what's your superpowers as an individual, and how does that complement uh, whatever team, whatever role, whatever organization you're looking to get into to, to really highlight how your piece fits into their puzzle. And Stephen, I want to talk about your your background in a moment because it is a unique background. There's a lot of like cool things that you know you've done. But before that, let's talk about because our listeners would love to know this commercial real estate going back to the office, right? I'm in the office. I'm a I'm a five time a week guy, but 
it's changed in different regions. How is JLL addressing that? How are you marketing based on those regions? Uh, it's a it's a great question, and yeah, I can share my perspective as a marketer. But yeah, JLL has got amazing researchers who go deep in this topic and and break it up into in so many ways. And and I'm frankly I'm I'm blown away by JLL's resilience at a time when people are talking about you know doom loops and 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 Armageddon and and commercial real estate. And certainly, you know, high interest rates aren't helping anything, but I'm imp so impressed by the resilience and impressed by, you know, that sort of dynamic human nature. It's wild to watch. And, you know, so I yeah commute into Chicago three days a week. I'm obviously working from home today and I love the hybrid work experience. And I think it's a really good balance. And and certain JLL has embraced that as, you know, really being, you know, straightforward about hybrid is really where it's at for the average person out there. But that means that you have to repurpose those environments to get the most bang for your buck. If you're an investor, uh, you know, if you're leasing that space, how do you optimize your space? So these really change the equation for a lot of folks. But there's also so many upsides and opportunities people are talking about and reading articles all the time about repurposing office space for more residential. Well, that's just another opportunity for an organization like JLL that has, you know, a you know, actual, you know, designers and project development folks that can help transition buildings, you know, oh yeah, well, the office leasing might go down, but then multifamily unit, you know, leasing might go way up. So I think it's a really dynamic and exciting and interesting space. And it really screams to these bigger changes in society. Um, I think the vibrancy of our cities is incredibly valuable. And so certainly, you know, you're, you, you're going in you know, five days a week. So you're on that end of the spectrum. And there's tons of folks I know who, who never go in. And I think it is, I, I love that hybrid balance because I, I do love the best of both worlds, being in the office a few days to make sure I'm able to collaborate and some of the side conversations I might have with, with one of my stakeholders that I wouldn't normally be able to have if it's only through my, you know, my Zoom info teams channel meetings. Um, so being all the value of being able to collaborate with people in person is extremely important, but also not burning up unnecessary hours commuting just to go in and be on Zoom calls all day. We got to be honest about that, yeah. right? So let's re let's right size our use for that purpose, and um, and you know, in any business that's you know close to this, you know, you you got to balance those challenges with those upside opportunities and see, you know, really how you make lemonade and, you know, we're always at the end of the day in the lemonade business. Um, and so, yeah, and, and, well, and, and things like sustainability, you know, I'm incredibly proud of JLL's stance on sustainability, uh, you know, get, getting to carbon net neutral targets by 2030 and even, you know, the value of how sustainability is something that, well, you can optimize your space, you can lower your carbon footprint, you can improve your energy you know, usage, and you can save money. So there's like a kind of a win-win-win opportunity here if we, if we navigate these tricky waters well. Well said. And Stephen, the background, I want to get back, you know, so art, music, you were a toy maker at some point. You were in the technology business, CDW there. Yep. How is all that, like that, you know, the creative side, you know, the art and the music, the toy really helped you at JLL or just as a marketer? Yeah, no, it's a, you know, a great question. And I think it, it does come back to that, that 
really cool thing that I, why I've really been in, you know, sort of this demand gen digital marketing space more than any other, <laughs> any other job I've ever had at this point, because it really does bring together that full spectrum. You know, on one side, it is total poetry. It is how do you turn that phrase? How can you say something in two words that, you know, you know, typically is said in 50 words, you know, that takes a lot of creativity, but also the plumbing. And it's like, how can you provide the, the greatest digital engagement strategy to make sure that your story gets through to those right people, right time, right place, right channel. And I love the mechanics of that. And, you know, getting deep into the data and the differences and like, how can we create like an AI company name matching tool? You know, let's go deep into, you know, how do we use the best of marketing automation or, or you know, learning, you know, machine algorithms in, in these ABM tools to save us time and to you know use our human creativity where it it best suits us rather than just yeah grinding out you know the tasks let's let our tools you know grind out the tasks let's use our human creativity to apply those capabilities in new and interesting ways right you know and and i think that's really 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 fun and so i yeah kind of surprised when i got kind of had the opportunity to go deeper in data, just how comfortable I was in the data side. Um, I was never a big student, I'm, you know, basically dyslexic. My kids are super dyslexic, even worse than I am. And so, so, so the typical academic environment has never been a friendly space for me. But getting to the answer, getting to the solution quickly has always been the game. And using data, using tools to get to that answer and get to that better solution, that testably better way of digitally marketing to somebody is such a creative and exciting thing, even though it might be super, super technical. Um, so I think, you know, some of, you know, my bouncing around is a little bit from the dyslexia and I like that that range of going deep on business things, but I also love you know making crazy wire sculptures with motors in them and stuff. And yeah, I you know my first gig out of college was an internship in a in a in a in a prototype shop for a for a toy company outside of Cleveland that I think eventually got absorbed by Hasbro. And you know I'm I'm painting the eyes on you know the Stretch Armstrong doll and things like that for a new prototype kind of thing. Um, but yeah. Learning all those things and in that basically, how do you solve a puzzle nobody has the instructions for? Um, that is sort of what my experience has helped me in the world of digital marketing and demand gen, where, you know, what, hey, you know, especially when you get into enterprise space and things get really fuzzy and complex, you got old systems, you got new systems, you know, we've got five, six instances of marketing automation. We've got many, many instances of CRM. We might have a lot of Ferraris, but they're not all necessarily able to be raced like Ferraris. So what do you do in the meantime? What do you do when the system doesn't talk to that system? So my, my you know, wide range of kind of experience and being able to kind of jump into a lot of different things has helped me deal with, oh, well, the platform doesn't solve for that. So instead of just shoulder shrug, I was like, well, we'll figure it out. I'll hire three contractors and we're going to do it manually. We'll, we'll figure it out. Well, there's always a way. Um, so when the machines stop working and the people and, and, you know, and the consultants don't have an answer, what are you going to do? You still got to 
you still got to get those that marketing out the door. You still got to deliver the leads. You still got to turn the crank on the ROI machine. So, so being creative when nobody's going to give you the answers is where my experience is. I feel like has helped me the most. Stephen, here's a fun one for you. We asked this for every guest. I'm sure you get a lot of LinkedIn messages unsolicited. What's one that gets a response from you and what's one that really annoys you? <laughs> um, I think whenever it's, I've been impressed by folks, you know, looking to make the connection rather than looking to get the meeting. You know, I think it's like, hey, yeah, 15 minutes this week. <laughs> you know, that is, that's a waste of time for a lot of folks. It, it just stink. It, it smells of, of call center, email grinded out. You know, I've been there and I've been on that side of the, of the email. I've been, I've dialed for dollars. I know what it's like to be that outbound dialer. And so I, I get it, but I think it's always getting to that, hey, back to what's what's in it for you you know it's it's making sure that it's valuable for them and 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 I do connect with a lot of sales folks especially when it's just like hey we'd love to just you know learn about how we can help each other out potentially i i have intelligence and expertise in this area you have this let's let's connect let's exchange our value and maybe there's an opportunity there but but the thing that it's just like hey you have 15 minutes real quick quick question quick question um you know one of the things i'm starting to think about a lot is the flip side of the quick question that's never really a quick question is the idea of the slow question and i think we need to start thinking and really going a little deeper on some of these bigger issues. And let's 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 have a conversation about that slow question. I'd probably more likely to respond when somebody asked me the slow question uh, rather than that quick question to get 15 minutes and I'll buy a cup of coffee just so you can pitch, pitch, pitch to me in 15 minutes. Well, maybe we have that slow question. We get into some deeper topics. And then as humans, we're heavily connected. We start to understand where each of us each of our puzzle pieces fit into our, our bigger puzzle. Those are the things I'm more likely to respond to. And we're coming to the end of the podcast, so we like to get to know people at a personal level as well. So outside of marketing, which I can tell you're very passionate about, what are some of the other hobbies? What do you like to do in your free time? Well, you know, if any chance I have to play games with uh, the wife and kids is the best. Um, you know, the kids are gamers at heart, but but that gaming spirit it goes well beyond digital. So whether it's chess or backgammon, um, you know, I, I'm a, I love puzzles. Uh, you know, my my eldest, um, you know, got really into speed cubing. So now we're all into speed cubing. And so uh, my wife and I can solve them pretty quick too. So love the the puzzle solving. But then yeah, it's things like you know, I I'll give me a coat hanger and a, and a wrench. And uh, you know, and a good documentary, and I'll and I'll turn it into a little sculpture while I'm learning something new. That's always fun. I'm a I'm a big gardener. I love plants. I you know love to see watch the garden grow. But I also love weird kind of semi art, you know, science projects. My wife needed a new PC uh, compatible computer around the holidays. We happen to have an old uh, blue and white G3. Apple, you know, from like 1999, sitting around in our kind of museum of old tech. And I, uh, 
I gutted it and turned it into a gaming PC for, and, uh, and it's a beautiful thing. So we've got this beautiful blue and white, but it's fresh and clean. It's got some fun lights in there and it's, it's real fast. So things like that are great. Helping my eldest, uh, you know, wire up the radio in their car, really, really fun. Uh, but I love um, where I really get even more passionate is in the space of crypto, Web3, um, virtual augmented reality worlds, new kinds of immersive experiences. I believe that we have a huge opportunity using these new types of tools to improve user experience, improve privacy, but also improve preference setting. Like I, I'm, I'm really passionate about how we make big decisions at scale that affect society and how we can do that faster, better, more inclusive, I don't feel like a lot of our systems today work for that. And I feel like we've got the tools to do it. So I, you know, one of my big passion things is frankly to develop a problem solving community that uses these great tools to their best capability to make really inclusive, really well-informed, very large scale solutions, identify large scale solutions that could make money for people to our biggest problems and move the conversation from problem identification to solution identification and solution delivery, just like we all do in marketing every day, but to some of our world's biggest problems. So I think we got a lot of possibilities we could do, very hopeful um, about where we can take things as a society. And, um, and I think uh, if we all rally and are hopeful about it, we could do some amazing things uh, as humans. Well said, Stephen. Uh, this has been great. Again, as AJ said, your passion shines through. Multifaceted, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for your take. Thank you for sharing your story, JLL's story. That's Stephen Hill, the Director of Demand and Digital Operations at JLL. That's AJ Gupta. Recently, you know, he's going to be in New York City. If you see him, say hello. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.